You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. As the autumn nights draw in, I have some fascinating accounts for you tonight, many of which you will not have heard before because they've never been published. And a member of BBI got in touch with me and he'd been listening to one of the accounts and it gave him a memory of something that happened to him when he was a small boy. And it led me on to looking up how many accounts we have that are close to prisons. Now, the first story comes from the Guildford area and he said, I live in the Guildford area and there's an old legend around here about something called the Surrey Puma, which has been doing the rounds in the news for years and years. And I think many people will have heard of Surrey Puma. And this story has triggered an old memory that I had that was very scary. I remember an old friend and I were walking back from the shop in Bisley in Surrey and we heard a god-awful howl, just like a wolf or something, coming from the direction of the prison that used to be there. I have no idea what made it and it certainly wasn't a dog or a man, but we ran all the way home. We were only about eight when this happened. But I vividly remember that howl to this day. Now, as I say, this got me wondering how many other accounts we have that are close to our prisons here in the UK. And I went back in my notes and I realised that I'd missed an account. Well, that I hadn't shared an account that came into me in 2016. And that does happen sometimes because I get so many that come in. Um, and it's just been sat there in draft waiting to be... Um, brought forward so that's what I'm going to do now and it happened in uh, Dartmoor in HM prison Dartmoor and many people in the UK will know where that is in 2016 I received an email from a gentleman whose brother was in prison and he was housed in Dartmoor jail his cell looked out onto the B3357 road that was close to the prison itself and had a small wooded area adjacent to it now, Dartmoor still has a misplaced reputation for being a high-security prison that is escape-proof, but that's not true anymore. It's merely a cat prison now. And Dartmoor houses mainly non-violent offenders and what are described as white-collar criminals. Now, the gem went on to explain that his brother was in prison and was almost finished with his sentence, 
and he'd received a number of home leaves. And on the one the previous weekend, in January 2016, he seemed even more reluctant to return than he had on the other day releases. Now, as you can imagine, this poor man's mind filled with all the horrors of being in prison and that prison, prison can bring, and he gently coaxed his brother into revealing what the problem was. So expecting to hear about a violent attack or some bullying incident by the other prisoners, he couldn't quite believe what his brother told him as the story unfolded. He went on to explain that from his cell, he can see two small wooded areas out and then out over to them on the moors, which in a sense has enabled him to really appreciate the beauty out there. And he would watch the woods constantly for something to do at first. But then as he learnt the habits of the birds and the woodland animals, he would eventually come to revel in watching the wildlife. As most of the prisoners at HMP Dartmoor are restricted to their cells for up to 23 hours a day most days. Even in winter and autumn, there'd been lots going on out there to keep him occupied, he said. And on the previous Saturday night, before the gents' home leave, the following Friday... He was watching the woods after lights out and watching the bats and waiting for the bats and the owls to start their day when he suddenly noticed a strange dark figure hugging the tree line. He thought at first it was another prisoner who had struck lucky and managed a few hours of escapism out there or was setting out to retrieve a parcel left by somebody to be smuggled in at the most opportune time. Thinking that that opportune time had come, he watched with a smile, wondering how the inmate was going to get back in. Being caught breaking into prison would make for a funny write-up in the morning when they took him before the governor. And as he watched this dark figure move up and down through the wood, he realised that the person was looking up into the tree branches and not down on the floor as you would expect. And as the cloud shifted, the figure was suddenly illuminated by the moon. And the prisoner, looking for contraband, looked like a wild, hairy man who was really thick and muscle-bound. As he watched the figure, the figure picked up a small stick from the ground beside him and hurled it into the tree. The man watched as a small animal or bird fell down from above and was quickly caught and pushed into the mouth of the naked, hairy prisoner. Now, as you can imagine, this gent was horrified at this scene and blinked and adjusted his eyes as quickly as possible, but the figure was gone. He watched those woods all night in case the figure returned, and he did so every day until he got a slight reprieve when he came home to us this Friday. Taking him back was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Thankfully, he only has three weeks left, but I bet he will watch the wood every night until then. Bob. Now, maybe what Bob's brother saw is related in some way to the very earlier account of a wild man being captured on the moors way back in 1940s. Now, there are many, many accounts on Dartmoor and the surrounding areas of Bigfoot-type creatures, dogman-type creatures, howls and growls and all kinds of mystery. Now, while working as a nurse at the Royal Western Counties Hospital in Devonshire, in 1982, Britain's leading cryptozoologist, Jonathan Downs, of the Centre for Fossil and Zoology, was told a strange tale by one of the staff doctors, who at the time was then approaching retirement. According to the doctor, he had been on duty one morning 
in the winter of 1948 when he received several unusual telephone calls from local officials and all of them were informing him in a distinctive cryptic manner that a highly dangerous patient who had been captured on the wilds of Dartmoor would be brought into the hospital within the hour. He would require specialist care and an isolated room. Within 45 minutes, a police van arrived at the hospital and backed up to the side door. Seven policemen jumped out of the vehicle while simultaneously trying to hang on to what the doctor said resembled a hair-covered caveman. The policeman dragged the creature along the hospital corridors and into the already prepared isolation room. The door was quickly slammed shut behind it. Now the beast, their words not mine, stood slightly over six feet in height and was completely naked, with a heavy brow, a wide nose and very muscular arms and legs. In addition, it was covered with an excessive amount of body hair that enveloped its whole body apart from the palms of its hands and the soles of its feet and its face, and it had a head of long, matted hair. Over the course of the next three days, telephone calls bombarded the hospital from the police, the Lord Lieutenant of the counter and the Home Office in London. Then came the news that the man-beast was being transferred to a secure location in London for examination. Again, late at night, the creature was removed from the hospital by the same group of policemen. This time, however, they succeeded in holding the thing down long enough for it to be heavily sedated by the doctor, whereupon it was tied with powerful straps to a stretcher and loaded again into a police wagon with an unidentified doctor in attendance for the journey that lay ahead. Less than 20 minutes after they had arrived, the police departed into the night and the creature was gone forever. Now another report from the very same area came in, in 1991, of a forest two-legged thing. Many years ago, 1991 to be exact, as I can, I was on Dartmoor in the small hours, the location forgotten, but I recall being sat with the girl I was sort of seeing at the time, and we were located at the back of some public toilets. I know, real romantic, but it gave us some privacy. And before us, about 200 plus metres away, was a lake. And as we were sat having a smoke, I noticed a shape moving around down at what I believe to be the lake shore. It was night, but the moon was bright, so you could make out shapes and form, but not features. Anyway, my brain first kicked in as the fact that it must be a diver. And it was late to be out diving then, and I realised that this person had no lights about them to see where they were headed, or if they'd been diving to see underwater. The form was definitely walking on two legs. That was apparent by the way it moved. But it was silhouetted against the lake, so I couldn't make out any features. Being the inquisitive creatures that we are, I began to move towards the shape. Then I realised that whoever this was, it was perhaps not the best idea. The farm was still, I assume, at or near the lakeshore and seemed to be moving slowly, not towards us, but diagonally away to our left. When the girl I was with suggested we should go, I agreed it was a damn good idea. Now, the farm itself was bulky. But to its actual height, I couldn't say. I just got the feeling it was large. Now the thought occurred to me as we were leaving the area in my friend's car that perhaps it was a Bigfoot-type creature. That is all my mind could relate to it. 
After ticking off all the other options, like an escape prisoner from the Dartmoor prison, there were no reports from around the time of that happening. Maybe it was a diver at the time of night with no lights, but there was no other car in the small car park either for the driver to make his way, to which also negated the possibility that it was another courting couple or someone out for a walk. There was another couple with us that night, but they remained in and around the car. And besides, neither looked like that form that we saw. Then now that gentleman's name was John Cameron. Now, another... Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Account from not too far away from me comes from HMP Rizzler. And HMP Rizzler is surrounded by country parks and nature reserves. And it says, in the early hours of the morning, on the 11th of the 6th, 2018, a van driver travelling on the road between Warrington and Manchester, going about his normal nightly route, saw something crossing the road in front of him that he cannot explain. Now, the creature, described as dog-like, but bigger than a horse, and moving fast, shocked the driver. When describing the speed, he said, it dusted out of sight in seconds. The sighting has left the man confused as to what he saw and how it could have moved away from him so fast. The road itself runs between two nature parks and it's next to HMP Risley, as I said. In his own words, he said, I want to report something that happened last night when I was on my route. I was out on the road about 3am this morning, the 11th of 618. I had my lights on, of course, and the road was empty of traffic. But as I passed the Birchwood Forest Park on the A547, Something crossed the road in front of me. It was moving on all fours and it was massive, at least as big as a horse. But this thing ran like a dog. Thank God it kept moving and stayed on all fours because upright it would have been at least nine feet tall, he explained. It was dark, so no precise colour, but it was huge. Honestly, it spooked the shit out of me, he said. I did stop and look where it was and I couldn't see it anywhere. It had moved off that fast. Now, the I-574 Birchwood Forest Park was where it was coming from. It was as big as a horse, but looked and moved more like a dog of some kind. Well, I'm still freaked out by all this, and I felt a bit off since last night and a bit lightheaded. I keep thinking about it, and the fact that when I stopped to look where it was, it had gone. It should have been in sight, but it had dusted, as he put it. Now, HMP Burr at Coltishall Bridge, there was a creature sighting of a giant black dog. Late one night, between 1960 and 1962, two RAF officers were travelling by car, a mini, 
coming back from Norwich to RFA Coltishaw. Passing over Coltishaw Bridge, they turned left into the high street and were quickly forced into a sudden stop as an enormous black dog crossed the road in front from left to right in front of them. As it loped across our line of sight, it slowly turned its head to glare directly and disdainfully into our astonished faces, presenting us with a pair of fiery red eyes. It then slowly swung back its head and continued its measured progress onto the cobbles, if my recall of the village is correct. That stretched up to the shops and houses as on the far side of the road. As it hit the cobbles, it quite literally vanished. Now, the size and comparison would equal that of a Labrador. Its back, however, was level with the roof of the Minna, approximately 1.35 metres or 5 foot 3. To put it bluntly, it was perfectly proportioned giant black dog. Now, the two officers looked at each other in disbelief and sped off to the airbase. But in the early 1950s, a young woman and her husband were idling on the Coltishall side of the bridge at nightfall. Walking towards them from Coltishall Island, a triangle of land with a petrol station on it, at the meeting of the three roads, they saw an unusual black dog. So large that at first the woman thought it was a pony. As it passed them, the dog turned its head towards them, but continued on and faded away before it reached the other side. Both witnesses were very scared by the encounter as they had to go in the direction of the giant dog-like thing but they eventually managed to cross the bridge themselves. The woman still thinks of the incident with fear every time she has to use the bridge. Mr Robert Norgay and Miss Agnes Abel of Horstead swear that the shuck passed them one evening on Coltishaw Bridge. Both heard the pattering of feet and heavy breathing. They both looked around sharply behind them to see what was there, but there was nothing to see. Another account from 1933 that was aired on the BBC radio programme The Dark Shore, came from a middle-aged couple from Coltishaw, who, after a stroll on a fine summer's evening, had stopped on Coltishaw Bridge. The man was just striking a match to light his wife's cigarette when a black shuck, as big as a calf and as noiseless as death, passed by within a foot of them. Now, you look at the dates attached to those accounts, you're looking at from the 1930s, all the way through to the 1960s, um, I think, wasn't it? Let me just check the dates. Yeah, 1950s, 1960s, and the 1930s. So has there been anything since then? I'm not really sure, but if you know of anything and you're in that area, please get in touch. Now, HMP Cook and Wood, what was in those bushes? Shadowed at night by an unknown creature. Well, Deb, this is a strange encounter. I had it in the woods late one night on a solo mountain bike ride in the winter. I'll try and make sense of what happened, but I'm not very good at putting things down on paper. And it's not the easiest thing to explain. I'm pretty sure that this was back in 2011, as I was around 18 when it happened. It was definitely during winter, as the, be- the woods were bare of shrub and leaves, and the muddy clay ground was a nightmare to ride on. I used to be a very keen extreme mountain biker and I would go out with a group and also solo. My favourite time was the night rides during the winter months, at which time I would usually have a lot of fun, but not this night. To be totally honest, I have never been a real fan of the dark. 
But after this event, I never went into the woods at night again, and I still refuse to do so now. I was on my tod in the backwoods of Cobburn on a set route that runs along the North Downs, directly opposite the town of Rochester, which is on the other side of the River Medway in Kent. That I need to interject it. There's, I think there's 16 accounts now on the River Medway all along its route if you follow it. That night, I was making my way home through the woods and I was not seeing or hearing any other people at all. I mean, this place was dark, even with my 1500 loom light on my helmet, the area itself was still pitch black, blacker than soot. It must have been halfway between Rochester and Snodland, but travelling through the woods on top of the downs, so the no, not the normal road, but the, route, um, the Snodland route when it happened. A longer part of this ride, I started to get a creepy feeling. You know when you don't know why, but you're instantly on your guard and you feel all the hairs on your body stand up. I'm already cold and covered in wet mud and water, and I'm in the dark on my own, crapping it and confused. So I stop for a break. After doing a long climb up the hill, I make myself calm down and catch my breath. But I can't help feel, feeling like I'm being watched. I can't shake the feeling. I look all around me, it's pitch black, and I don't see anyone or anything. I then realise that quiet's unsettling. It's unsettling me a lot, as I can't even hear your normal countryside noises. There should be foxes screaming and moving around, and owls and critters moving through the grass. Nothing. The mood felt extremely off and creepy. Now, I still had to carry on riding, so I decided I want to get out of the woods now as I'm not ashamed to say I felt really scared. But as I kept on, I swear I could hear something moving off to the left of me, about 30 feet away in the trees, and it was in the brush shadowing me. But I didn't dare look in that right direction, as to be honest, I was crapping bricks at this point, and I didn't want to see what or who was keeping pace with me in those woods. But as soon as I got closer to the country lanes, it all stopped. I couldn't hear it following me anymore. I didn't feel an edge, and all that anxiety just left me. Since that night, I have never gone into the woods at night, walking, nor riding, and for the last three years, I haven't rode a mountain bike at all. Now, there are other accounts down in that area in Ashford of a tall, if I can remember correctly, a tall, upright figure, um, and a couple of the occasions they've been Clusters hairy, but I'll have to go back to my map and have a look at that. And I will bring you those. And as you know, I may have covered this one before in the mountain bike, because we get a, a mountain bike, because there's a massive source of witnesses in all honesty. And across the country, for some reason, you find a lot of the uh, mountain bike areas have been vandalised. So large trees and huge stumps have been placed across the path as if to divert people from the area. And on some occasions, wire has been put between two trees along the path. And there is one actual um, photograph of an actual pig trap that's been made, which is a square hole that's been dug out and spikes have been put within it. Um, and that was on, I think that was in Carfilly, if I can remember correctly. But getting back to the prison accounts, in... The area that I live, there's um, there are two prisons, the Strangeways Prison, and there's another prison called Forest Bank, and the locals call it Forest Gump for some strange reason. But yeah, figures in the woods, Grey Bigfoot's in Pendleton, 18th of the 3rd, 1917. 
I was walking on the oil well route today and it was a nice spring morning. So I figured I'd take my son for a walk as we've been cooped up with all this horrible weather. And now is as good as time as any to chance a walk. Now the land down there is on a floodplain and it's very wet and it's been raining for the past 48 hours. And the oil well was running pretty high at that point. But it had, I'd had a busy day in town and I needed to clear my head. So I set off with my young son for an hour's peace and quiet. We have a regular route and we use the path to get in. And then we normally walk off the path and get into the woodland there. <clears throat> Close to the prison, there's a small woodland walking route that we love to take. And I found some really strange things down there. We once found an entire holly bush, which my son said looked funny. When we went to investigate the bush, it was around eight feet high and it had been pulled from the ground, moved and pressed into two other hollies. When we moved the bush, we found a small, well-walked path that was completely hidden by it. You hear strange noises down there often and have on occasion found very small, bare footprints even in the wintertime. As I say, on this day, we were out for a while in the rain, just enjoying the day. When I noticed out the corner of my eye the movement of a grey figure standing up on the bank opposite to where I was now standing. I only saw it for a split second and then it was gone. And I knew it wasn't a person as it was way too large and very tall. Whatever this was, it was all one colour. A grey colour moving very quickly away from us. I was a bit shaken up trying to work out who that could have been up there across the cleared field. I was nervous, but I made my way over there to where it had been standing. And so to my shock, there was a ditch that the figure must have been standing in. And it must have been over eight feet tall for me to have seen him from my position. As I went to point this ditch out to my son, there was a loud wail and the crow set off in unison above us, alarming and cawing. My son asked me if I'd seen a figure, as he said he'd seen one too. But on comparing notes, I realised the figure he had seen was darker in colour and much smaller than the very tall, wide thing I had seen. Did he see the smaller one because they were on a similar eye level? <clears throat> now the crows were still making a ruckus and I was a bit unnerved at seeing something so unusual and I figured it was time to go and we set off back to the car. wasn't scared, more confused and my adrenaline was rushing. Now the area itself is off the canal and very wooded and as we walked back to the car in another direction I found a spot within the trees where a circle of pine trees grew. In the middle of the circle there was this tree just there by itself. This little spot felt magical in a way and the tree seemed significant somehow and I did feel watched like lots of unseen figures were around me and it felt like they were moving all around us. Neither myself or my son felt in any danger. And to be honest, it was quite an uplifting experience. I will be returning to the area again and hope for many more interactions if possible. Now, I did go to the site with the witness and a few members of the BBR team came with us. And he was correct in stating that where the figure would have been standing, what looked like... um. A hill was actually half a hill and there's a big ditch behind it at the back of it, like a walkway or um, say a runoff, I would imagine, for rainwater. And standing in that spot, you couldn't see out to where he was. You would have had to have been at least over six foot five to have been able to see him and it, him 
which we've been able to see you. And there are lots of other accounts on that run of the Irwell River, as many regular listeners will know. Um, and it's, I would say, in the daytime, it's an area where there are people around and they're walking the dogs and they're doing the normal thing. At night, not so much. Um, it's not really an area I'd go at night on my own. And I even found the small clearing and the tree in the middle it was talking about was a very small but old oak. And it, it was um, a lovely area to be in. And I went back and I looked up the history of the area because it's something I'm very interested in. And just above it on Curzon Moor, there are many accounts of a ghost um, normally named as just a dark running figure that people see up there. And just to the... Well, suppose it depends on where you're standing. If you look across from Forest Bank, there is a place that's called a Curzel Cell. And it's not a cell because it's a prison. It's a monk's monastery. And it, the land there was claimed by the Priory in the 1500s. So it must have been important for some reason. And there are many, many accounts of dark, hooded figures running around in the woods there at night. And it is a place I would love to do a paranormal investigation there. Um, and so if anyone's up for that, let me know and uh, we'll get together and we'll pop out to the area and have looked. It's not that far away from me. Now, moving on, in Staffordshire, there are three prisons all together in one area close to Penn. Uh, and next to the prisons is a very strange account of a creature road crossing uh, in June of 2015. Now, witness whilst driving home one night at about midnight in the Penderford area of Wolverhampton, it was a bright night and there were street lights. Doing a journey I've done hundreds of times. A strange creature on all fours ran out in front of my car. It was like it happened in slow motion. The creature resembled a werewolf out of Harry Potter. And I'm a total non-believer. But I cannot deny what I saw with my own eyes. To this day, it's a very clear image in my head. Openly researching and asking with some local farmers uh, if they'd seen or heard anything unusual resulted in some interesting comments. Now, the farmer whose land this creature ran onto has said his dog, who is not bothered by badgers or foxes, is spooked by something in the darkness. Sometimes at night, when he goes to check on his stock, the dog goes nuts and will not leave his side and stays within the light at all times. That is very unusual behaviour for the dog. Now, the farmer said that this always made him think something was there that couldn't be seen and is a bit apprehensive because his dog is normally rock hard and nothing bothers him at all. Now, where I live, I know if there's anything mooching about on the banking at the back because the dogs go mad and they, they run about. Even if it's something as small as a rat, they'll make a right racket because it's out there. So it wouldn't bother them leaving the light of the house. So something very strange is moving around. And it's not the only account in that area. I actually went and stayed there myself about six weeks ago when we met up at Cannock Chase. I stayed in Wolverhampton at the Chapel Castlegate um, campground. And when we were there, when we pitch up, as you know, I'm disabled. So I stay in the car and my hubby puts the tent up and everything. And the farmer came down and was chatting to us. And they come down and they let you know where the amenities are and where they are if you need them and all that. And we're just having a general chat. And on the back of my car now, obviously, I've got a sticker saying that I'm a BBR member and that we do cryptid and paranormal investigations. And he asked me why I had the sticker on the car. So I didn't go into great detail. 
I just said that I was down in the area because I was meeting up with a few friends in Cannock Chase because we had an interest in like the cryptid and the paranormal creatures. And we were just going to get together for a cup of tea, um, et cetera, et cetera. I was trying to cut a long story short here. And he said, it's funny you should say that because I saw a really strange dog-like thing on my land about four years ago. And he pointed off up to the left to his top fields and he said, I saw a creature crossing from the top field down to where we were camping, we were in the valley and then up on the other side of the hill and carried on and he said it looked like as big as a pony. It was very big and muscular but it had a face like a greyhound and it was down on all fours when he saw it. And it just interested me because the area itself was called Wolver and we were in Wolverhampton obviously and it just tickled me that people were making all these reports of these dog-like creatures around that area. And in Penn, as I say, that, that last account was in Penderford, we had a, a researcher called Hal that went out there when the report came in. And he visited the area because there are a number of reports around Penn and Lower Penn. And having looked at the area myself, it seems strange at first because it's very villager. Um, but between them, there's just lots and lots and lots of fields with not many people living in those farming fields. So you could understand how something could be mooching around at night. And that's why I went down there in the car. Because nothing beats local knowledge. You can look all you want on a map. You get yourself down there, you can see the lay of the land, where the where the ditches are running, you know, what's too steep for humans to be on, all that kind of thing. And we wanted, um, as I said, we were meeting people down there, some of them who'd seen things themselves on Cannock Chase. And it just interested me that the area is so similar to up here on the Irwell route that you could mix them up if you were blindfolded and stuck in the car and they suddenly took the way you'd be hard pushed to tell the difference between them and a lot of the accounts are like that in the UK they're on the edges of towns on what we would call green belt um lots of new towns and places where we build prisons and you have the huge trading estates and there isn't much between them and there's lots of rabbits and deer and bird life and you know lots of things to eat out there so he's as I say, we had a gentleman that went down before I made it down last year. Hal went down and he did the same thing as I did. He investigated the area. And while he was there, he met a couple in a cafe. And they explained to him, I think he met the husband first and he arranged to meet the week after. And the wife and the husband together then told him about a creature that they'd seen while walking the dog. And as I say, I think it was the third account in that pen area alone which for a small area is a, quite a number of accounts and they've all kind of happened in the last 15 years. So I know we have um, members down there, but if you're not a member in, and you would, wouldn't mind checking the area out for me, get in touch with me in email, um, debbiehatswell at gmail.com or lowercase. Get in touch with me there or just make a comment on the YouTube video or anywhere where this you see this account. Um, and I'll let you know where the account's are and you can plaque nip out because what I'm trying to wonder is why would they be seen around prisons what is it about the prison that is it just simply because prisons are way out there and we can stick them as I say on the edges of towns because people don't want to live near them so you know we stick them out there in the middle of nowhere um what attracts the creatures to these areas is it a simple matter of the food bins and the food waste we have to take that into account Add that to the lack of people um, 
at night and in the morning that you know no one's around you might have your stray prisoner as you say looking through a window watching you there are not many cars passing on that road that night is it simply that or is it could it be the energy the negative energy that surely must emit from a place like prison hundreds of men housed together in one place can make for a very primeval energy on occasion is it that is that the attraction or maybe it's mere coincidence as we say many of our prisons are built on the edge of towns and many of them are out of the way in the middle of nowhere surrounded with fields and rivers and woods and fields with crops in and it's just multiple food sources a lot of them have nature reserves next to them or um, country parks strangely i wonder how many other prisoners have a tale to tell as they're watching the view from the window at night now there are around ninety-four thousand prisoners to date here in the uk and we have the government says we have enough for 96 thousand prisoners so ironically maybe they're in the safest place possible locked in there at night and it's us out looking wandering around at not but i don't know what's your opinion on that so until next time wrap up warm because the season is changing and i'll see you all next week thank you all very much good night leftovers or the dmv number 97 or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.